Hey gang, welcome. I just spent 20 minutes trying to set up audio. I don't know what was going on. I didn't do anything different. Dude, <laughs> I don't understand GarageBand sometimes. I don't understand the world most times, any times now. Dude, things are going crazy. Recording this Thursday evening. I'm at home, packed up. I'm flying out to California tomorrow for the weekend. Um, yeah, it's been a crazy last couple of weeks, so I was late for this. I also wanted to put this out after Square released earnings. Because that was some fun stuff. But beyond that, bigger stuff going on in the world. Like we talked about last week, macro events going to play a big a big effect. Obviously, all last week that's been happening. And it's continuing into this week minus today. Today was a nice little pop. But still, overall, things are hurting. Obviously, this is nothing new to people that have been investing over the last, uh, last few months. <clears throat> but if this continues, I don't... I know I'm usually a, a pretty negative person, but in this scenario, I just don't think Russia is going to pull this into full-on World War III. I just don't. Um, it's It would be Russia versus the world. Russia and China probably versus the world, which is pretty scary, actually. I don't know. That, that could be bad. But it would be Russia and China versus the world. And I don't think it's going to get to that. I think Putin's just doing, you know, doing Putin things. He knows that this administration's not really going to do much. I mean, they've been doing, they put up some sanctions today. We'll see how people react. I don't want to make this whole like political thing, a political podcast, but it's, it's, it's p playing a bigger effect on markets right now. Obviously companies reporting great earnings. I was talking to some friends this morning, like Palo Alto networks, for example, beating rate, beating earnings, raising guidance, still getting killed. It's like, doesn't make any sense. We've talked about it in previous weeks. Google, Amazon, Apple, all crushing earnings, all getting killed. It's because of bigger things, macro events happening. Those are still great investments, but the macro events are playing a bigger effect here. And you you can really never predict a black swan event, obviously. But because of this Russia stuff, and, and, and tied in with inflation, obviously, it's the running story right now on Wall Street and just in, in every news story <laughs> related to finance. But with all of that, you're going to find like a deep value in tech and you're starting to see some people pick it up now. I mean, that's why I think that's why it popped a lot today, right? You know, Russia does their most aggressive acts yet. And the NASDAQ starts down 400, closes up 400. I mean, it's crazy. And so to catch the falling knife or to catch it, it's just tough. So you just got to, you know, people keep asking me, when should I buy? When should I do this? It's like, look, just like I keep saying, the last few weeks is have money in the account, see opportunities, have price targets in your head. Don't get too greedy with them. But when you see value, obviously go. One I've been talking about a lot the last few weeks is square slash block. We'll talk about that more in a second here and, and a few other stuff, a few other things. But there's a lot of value in tech right now for the long term, no doubt, even at this moment. Now we could still go further. I think at the most, a to another 20%. It just for me, for me, it's like at the current situation with the way they're doing it. Like, I know there was a dot-com bubble and this is similar, but the companies that I talk about and have money in are have great balance sheets, have cash, are strong, profitable. So they're going to be the ones that are going to get through this and come out ahead. That's where you're going to, and this is where the, the big money is going to be made. If you've been buying up Square stock the last few weeks, hey, you're going to be feeling great right now because it's been hanging around 100, going a little bit 100, but that's clearly going to be the, the floor for now. Again, can't predict black swan events, but this is that brass balls moment from Glenn, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, right? You know, this is, if you can have brass balls in this moment, 
through this, this is when you can make some big money. Keep saying it. And I feel even now it's like, yes, this sucks. If you've been new to investing the last year, especially the last few months, this is painful. But you could see the importance of like black, these kind of crazy black swan events because it's like, honestly, I'm still, although things have taken a big hit across the board and certain stocks, like, you know, my square has taken a lot you know, some of those shares I bought last year taking a hit, but I'm still mostly safe because I'm saved from going heavy on the last Black Swan event, March 2020. That's That was bigger than this one. We're getting close. Some companies are already close to that March 2020 number. Facebook's already there below, I think. That's crazy. It's trading like Dogecoin. And so, and again, further making, the, making me the case that Fang should be Mang, Microsoft should replace it, and NVIDIA should replace Netflix. But going hard and being able to invest money and have the the um, you know the confidence <clears throat> and their bravery really to 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 put your money into this moment is where you can really get ahead. And so, especially in some of these companies now, stay focused on the disruptive tech. Stay focused on the ones that are profitable. Um, I like investing in some of these like mid-sized tech companies. Yes, they're big, but they're not massive yet, like Palo Alto Networks. Square, for example, both a similar market cap. I kind of like those. Now, of course, balance out with some Google and Amazon. But I also try to feel like, and I want to make this point of kind of like the ethical side of investing if there is one. Because capitalism is weird, I know. And I, I've had this conversation with someone I respect recently, so I want to bring it up here a little bit. Because I do joke about being like a capitalistic, <laughs> you know, making fun of capitalism and like, you know, following hedge funds to make gains and all this stuff. But at the same time, I do have certain like principles when it comes to where I'm going to put my dollar. And especially now, as things are getting tougher, you're really, I'm really starting to narrow that focus. Okay, what do I really want to put my money? What do I really care about? What's important to me? Um, now, again, <clears throat> a lot of companies, the S&P 500, a lot of public companies are not the most ethical in the world. But I'm liking to put my money in companies that are helping helping people succeed, right? So... Not everything that I do is like, you know, I do invest in Amazon, but and Amazon's probably in my portfolio, I think that's probably the worst one or Tesla as far as like ethics are concerned. I just know Tesla is going to make a ton of money and Apple, like, like Tesla and Apple are a big part of my portfolio. I talk about that a lot, but like, I don't have, I don't really have a desire to own a Tesla and I don't have an iPhone. I just know that they're going to make money. I know what, that they're profitable. I know I'm betting on them because I just know I've seen it with the Apple. It's going to continue. And I know it's what's going to happen with Tesla with EVs. I just know it. So it's like I stay in that lane because I know it's going to. I know Tesla does some unethical things sometimes, but I know they're going to be profitable. And I know with that they're strong. So it's some of the stuff Elon's been doing outside of it. Like I do. I do see the argument like I'm not a full Elon bro where I'm like Neuralink is great. It put an implant in my brain. You know, I don't know. That's a little that's a little crazy, right? Um, and so it's some of the stuff that he's doing with the boring company. Like I get it, but it's like, dude, is this really going to, whatever, we'll see. I don't want to go on this whole tangent, but, um, I just been thinking about this a lot lately. And that's why I like things like Shopify square as well, Airbnb, because they give people opportunities to make a living, right? Like, of course I like using those services. I've used squares. Everyone's used square, like as a payment processor, uh, we all use Shopify, whether we know it or not, through buying stuff online. Airbnb, of course, is a convenient option outside of hotels. But aside from all that, it gives people an option to make a living. It gives them an option to be free. And that's what I really like about it. That's why I love Shopify. Shopify is the collective of all the small businesses out there 
that can now go online for a cheap price and fight against someone like Amazon, right? And even like Google, like, yes, Google is a big evil company, but look at what they can do with YouTube. YouTube can help people make their own careers. You can learn so much money. You can learn so much stuff on YouTube. Like now when I look to like, if anyone tries to like sell me a product or a course, I just look on YouTube for first for everything now. It's like just if you, you can learn anything on there. It's crazy. And I always joke how like my seven-year-old nephew and my 70-year-old father both watch YouTube equally. That's the power of it. And so, yes, there's some like, downside of capitalism and i i blame politicians for that again not going to make it a political podcast but there are certain things i've joked about how i don't i wish options contracts weren't real because i think that makes things crazy i think that's why you're seeing a lot of volatility now but i'm saying this because when you look at your own portfolio think of that too because that's going to help you when things are really hitting the fan you're going to stand behind the things you really believe in because you have the right convictions and you have the right reasons for believing in them now you want to make sure they have fundamental balance sheets too. make sure they're profitable like i'm saying but it's also nice to invest in companies where you're like oh i like that they're helping small businesses square has a small business banking charter or has a banking charter and is doing small business loans and before that, making the POS systems, people to have credit card systems for a $50. Like they were like 50 bucks. They would just connect to your iPhone. And then developing whole point of sale systems. And then helping people have their whole systems online. <coughs> Same with Shopify doing it. It's just, I like that stuff. Airbnb, people can become hosts. One of my friends, his mom just retired, built a lake house. It's a big mortgage. She can afford it, but she's kind of nervous. And so she's like, oh, I'm going to rent. She made the basement like a rental unit. She lives on a popular lake in Southwest Michigan. She can make nice rental income in the summer, pay off that house even quicker. That's what I like about these kind of companies. And so, you know, think of that as things are, you know, correcting and, and you can have opportunities to come into certain companies. Like think of where you want your dollar to go in that reason. So something I've been thinking about um, just because aside from just the ethical standpoint, like I don't. Uh, I don't invest in medical. I've talked about for a long time. I don't do any medical stocks because I don't think that it should be something we're making money on or having even the thought of making money on. So I don't, you know, I draw and I, I do, it, that's where I kind of, that's a, a hard thing I don't invest in. And of course I don't invest in like, I'm pro the second amendment. I think you should be allowed to have guns, but I don't like invest in Smith and Wesson, for example, or like Marlboro, you know, I'm not investing in those kind of things. Um, I'm like a gun nut. I think people should, there should be gun control and you should be, but I'm, my point is like, you should be allowed to have a gun, but like chill. All right. I'm not investing in Smith and Wesson. So, uh, wanted to make that point as well. Cause it's just, uh, important. And again, when things are hitting the fan, you can feel better about it. And so one of those companies too, that I've talked about and I want to revisit is Novonics. Now I'm sure people are wondering like, why the fuck hasn't Holly talked about Novonics It's taking a shit. Uh, so a couple of things, Novonix, by the way, rang the bell to close the ending day, uh, the rang the closing bell today for the NASDAQ, um, or, you know, for all markets, I guess, but because they joined the NASDAQ, uh, we'll break this down. They did like an ADR split is what it's called. (laughs) Um, let me pull up the article real quick so we can actually discuss this, uh, for real. So got these pulled up the adr stands for american depository receipts and as i'm to understand it this novonics became trading on the nasdaq on february 1st through this program and essentially because novonics is australian based what we've been investing in so far and i'm not going to sell those shares i'm going to keep those shares but what i'm going to do is as i add to novonics i'm going to buy the adr shares on the nasdaq under the ticker i believe nvx so it's basically a four to it's like they the, each ADR represents four shares of Novonix. So whatever the share of Novonix are in Australia times four is going to be the cost of the ADR shares on the Nasdaq. 
don't get confused about the technicals. I was just kind of reading and kind of trying to understand that. But essentially, this ADR listing is the on the note on the Nasdaq is going to be the part of the company that's going to do is uh the, all the mining stuff in Tennessee that we've been talking about. So that's why they were uh they rang the closing bell uh, at the Nasdaq market site today, you know, 4 p.m. whatever Eastern. They started trading on February 1st. Um, but Novonix is the first. So they're this part of the company is the is the company that's doing the synthetic graphite anode material anode material to provide uh, cells for batteries. So that thing they built in uh, I think Knoxville, Tennessee, that facility they built. So this is why I want to, I've started picking up a couple of shares of this today, actually, because it was down like eight or 9%. So I picked up a couple for like 13 bucks. And what's cool about buying the ADR shares, you're not paying that $50 transaction fee because it's not a foreign listing anymore. And the stocks are going to, both um, tickers are probably going to move together. So you, you know, doesn't matter. I'm just not going to sell my Australian ones. I'm just going to hold on to them and see what they do. And then just, you know, sell them eventually after this EV pump. I just I believe in this company for the next five to seven because of what's going on with EVs. And also because I want to buy the ADR shares because this is the Nova, part of the Novonix anode materials division. The other part's the battery tech division and like with Australia and Nova Scotia and all that. But the anode materials division in uh, it's Chattanooga, Tennessee. Sorry, not Knoxville. So to address the growing demand for lithium ion batteries. They're going to create the synthetic the synthetic graphite material for lithium ion batteries which are for everything, electronic vehicles, personal electronic uh, personal electronics, uh, all that stuff. Um, so that's where they're talking about the production going from 10,000 metric tons of synthetic graphite a year to 2023 going to 40,000 uh, and then by 2025 by 2025 Sorry, sorry. Let me read this. This is sounding all confusing. I'm like reading this article as I'm saying it. Let me just clear this up so people aren't confused. So that facility in Chattanooga. By 2023, they should have be producing 10,000 metric tons of synthetic graphite material. By 2023. By 2025, 40,000 metric tons. So a 4x in two years, 2023 to 2025. And then... By 2030, 150,000 metric tons. So it's massive, massive. Think of the output, think of the revenue. That's why I'm going to start picking those shares up. So it's like, I know it's been crazy. And keep on the battery tech side with the foreign stock because that's the Jeff Don connection, the brains of Jeff Don. So I'm going to keep them both. It's just nice now that you can pick up shares in Novonix for like 10, 15 bucks. Well, not even, whatever it is, it's $13. I think it's high with like 17, 18. So it's been coming down. So it's like, hey, maybe this is an opportunity to pick up some of the ADR shares. So I'm going to start doing that. Why not? What's 10, 13, 14 bucks here and there? Before you know it, you could have a bunch. And so I still believe in the company for the long. Things are still looking good. I think what maybe happened with the Australian shares is people were selling off those shares to buy the ADR shares. That could be very possible. Either way, I think they're going to move together whatever stick with it that's that's what i'm doing i haven't touched i haven't sold any novonics i haven't added to it recently either on this downfall but remember Philip 66 it's when they kind of invested they kind of set a hard floor at about three dollars so keep that in mind as well as your uh as it takes any dips because you can kind of feel some safety there so i wanted to address that i think that's all i wanted to say about novonics but cool stuff right finding the nasdaq under nvx you know as of february 1st but now kind of like celebrating it as with this you know kind of making storyline here kind of making the uh the news here so i think uh we could see some good news once people start to see 
the connection to Tesla. I wonder how long it'll take the mainstream like Wall Street media to connect it now. Because we've, we've found the Tesla connection over a year ago, right? When we bought Novonix, or at least I did it around, what, $1.50? And I think some people did as well. Most people came around two fifty three, still good prices, whatever. But I wonder when the main Wall, the Main Street Wall Street media, <laughs> mainstream Wall Street media is going to make that connection and start talking about it. And then hopefully it gets all the Reddit stuff and Wall Street bets. But hey, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But who knows? Who knows? Crazy things could happen, right? So there you go. I also think it's a good omen that on the day that they rang the bell for the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ closed like 436 up, I think, something like that, 430 points up, something crazy. I mean, crazy for what we've been going through lately. So, hey, we'll take it, right? All right. So, for the last few weeks, we've been talking about block leading up to earnings. That was today after market hours. And it was good. Recorded the December quarter earnings, net revenue, gross profit, all that fun stuff. Um... Popped quite nicely in aftermarket. Parked, uh, popped like 24, 25% at one point. Square, the today, if you include pre-market and after hours, had a 40% swing <laughs> just today alone. So if you bought it at the 83, you could have cashed out. You could have made 40% today alone, which is pretty sweet. But again, it's everything we talked about. Like Their gross payment volume didn't go down as much as expected because we kept saying they were punished because of what was going on with PayPal, splitting from eBay. Um, they showed that the cash app was powerful with the Bitcoin stuff. So, hey, again, moving away from the point of sale business, getting into why they rebranded to block because of the crypto stuff. That's kind of what saved them this earnings. So let's break down the numbers a little bit. Came in at 27 cents per share, down 15% from a year earlier, which is fine. That's expected. Last year, they were getting a lot of help with stimulus checks being deposited to Cash App. Also, um, uh, what was else? I mean, just everything with like the payment volumes are crazy just across the point of sales because the people were spending a lot more money because they were just uh, getting a lot of stimulus checks. Also, the... Uh, I don't think the point of sales is uh, as aggressive with competition yet. Like now I see Toast, Shopify payment terminals, Apple Pay, all that stuff. So again, Square moving out of that. Still a big part of the business, but moving out of that a little bit with other their other stuff that they provide. So their earnings per, adjust, earnings per share. Download from a year ago, this is fine. Analysts actually projected earnings at 23 cents a share, so it came in above at 27. Gross profit increased 47% to 1.18 billion versus estimates of 1.16 billion. Here's the big one that I think squared net revenue jumped 62% to 4.42 billion for the quarter, boosted mostly by the cash app transactions because of Bitcoin and all the other coins that are on there. Analysts had predicted revenue of 4.04 billion, so a $40 million beat on revenue. That's pretty significant. Gross payment volume rose, rose 92% to $46.3 billion. In line with estimates, should go down a little bit. Before taxes, earnings of $184 million versus estimates of $143. Again, a beat of $40 million, $41 million. So, And then the afterpay deal closed, originally valued at $29, ended up being worth now closing at $15 billion. So a deal, really. It was an all-cash, or not all-cash, it was an all-stock purchase. So... That going through at $15 billion at closing versus the original projected at $29, rough for afterpay, good for cash, good for good for uh, block. So that just, again, this just makes me more positive on it at, on the whole. There was uh, another thing, uh, some analysts had posted this, 
let me find it. I think it was on Twitter. Again, we don't have a producer here. I'm I'm the it's a one man operation here. But here we go. Square valued at twelve times earnings gross profit in two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, Square's valued at 12 times gross profit. In 2019, the same multiple was 19 times. In 2018, it was 24 times. But in the period, the company has grown into a dominant market leader with Cash App and has increased gross profit by three times. He actually posted this before the earnings report. So good call, right? But again, the stuff that we've been saying. And it, it just goes to show, like, if Square's going to come down this low, hey, it's like, dude, this, you're, getting a, you're getting this company, you're getting this... You can buy the stock at a price that you could have got it at 2018, 2019 prices. And it's actually a better value now, even though the stock is higher, a little bit higher then, but not by much. You're getting a much better value because of now we know what its earnings potential. I keep saying, like, I think Square, even at, right now, is an 80% upside, 90% upside, realistically, truly. If you want to go crazy, you know, $300, 350 a share, in eventually, as these things play out in the next couple of years. So I mean, it was already almost there, like 280, right? Around there, I think 270, 280, the high. It has a relative uh, strength rating of five out of 99 from the, uh, <laughs> but it's like, <coughs> I don't give a shit. A few months ago, that rating was like 90. I don't give a shit about relative strength ratings. Those are, that's, that's a horseshit thing. If you ever see those ratings, ignore them. I mean, it's fine. It makes you feel good, sleep better at night, but they don't really do anything. Because I've seen, like, again, Square was a very, very relative sh high strength in uh, stock a while ago, and then not anymore. So, you know, what are they? What are they talking about? Um. All right, I think that's enough about Square. We just talked about it so much over the last couple of weeks. But again, hopefully, you bought somewhere around the hundred. I kept saying to, and again, my point being is like, hey, I kept saying it could go below a hundred. It could hit some lower levels here. But the upside is bigger than the downside. That's being proven to be true. Around 100, going down to 83, that's dipping, what, 15%, roughly 17%, something like that, versus it went up 25% in after hours today alone. So if you were only playing off that $100 price point we kept kind of using as a benchmark, you won. So... And again, that's just if you wanted to get out now, but I, I wouldn't even consider selling some shares until north of... 250 but even then it's like i just believe in it going forward so it's like i would i'd really have to wait i want to see the banking play out the banking kind of uh disruption play out a little bit before i sell off maybe i'd trim some north of 250 if it got back up to all-time high maybe i'd trim some of the high purchases i made and try to lower my cost average but i would still keep it a bulk of my portfolio not a bulk of my portfolio but a good chunk yeah i mean it probably still would be even if it went back up high so I think it's still in my top five. It might not be <clears throat> anymore because of the recent come down. But again, still a company I believe in. I like the innovation. I like that they stay one step ahead. Again, showing that they were one step ahead by moving into the to crypto stuff and using that, integrating that in their cash app first, getting that market share first ahead of PayPal. PayPal's in some struggle right now. It's like, I'm not anti-PayPal. I have a couple of shares, but again, my my side for over a year, over a year and a half, almost two years now, has been Square over PayPal. I just like the growth story better. I like the innovation. I like the crazy CEO, Jack Dorsey, whatever. Um, so moving on, a stock that really was stellar. We talked about it for a while. <clears throat> and it really, especially with the, the macro news that's going on right now, you really absolutely should read this book. 
about cybersecurity. We we're talking about Palo Alto Network stock, but talking about cybersecurity, this book, it's called This Is How the World Ends, The Cyber Arms Race by Nicole Perlroth. Look it up on Amazon, find it. It's a great book. I've plugged it a few times on this show. It's like the only book I've <laughs> mentioned on here because all the other books I read, none of you guys dorks are going to be into. You don't want to read Wrath of Gods by Dirk Ashton, do you? Didn't think so. But if you did, hey, I, that's fine. It's good too. So that cyber, that uh, this is how the world ends. Great book. Very eye-opening. You see how crazy Russia is in that book and how what's going on right now. You're like, oh, of course. And I kind of think of what's next. Like I'm waiting for them to put like a crazy... I'm surprised they haven't done it yet, but I'm waiting for next level cybersecurity hacks from Russia on Ukraine or whoever. So even on us for these sanctions that are coming out. So, hey, double check to uh, two-factor fa- two authenticate everything. So, um, but that book is awesome. It talked about like, there is a point, I forget what year this was. Like, it was in the last 10, 15 years where the Ukraine basically used a zero day, which is like a backdoor hack. You'll learn about it if you read that book that hackers now exploit these and sell them on the black market to foreign nations and governments and terrorists, you name it, you name it, the highest bidders who gets it. So, and it's not always the United States. That's what's scary. And so... Russia had done a zero day attack on the Ukraine and basically had shut down their power system, everything, shut down ATMs, gas stations, power, water, everything. And the only reason they got it back on was because Russia turned it back on. They couldn't solve the zero. They couldn't because fa- basically to, to fix a zero day, you have to find the hole they're exploiting and close it. So you have to find you have to comb through your whole system and find out where they're getting in. And you don't it's sometimes you it's hard to find. It's obviously hard to find. It takes a very uh, talented person, stuff I can't do. And so, but that's why like really good hackers can make a ton of money because when, when this business first started, you could hack like Microsoft for a couple hundred dollars. You could sell a, a backdoor zero day of Microsoft for a couple hundred bucks. Now they're probably six figures, seven figures for a zero day on a big company like that for each one. But that's how hard it is to do now. It's a lot. It was a lot easier to hack the systems back then because they didn't think people would do this kind of crazy shit. But now they do, and they're prepared for it. And there's company like Palo Alto Networks who have cloud-based security systems to fight them. And companies need them more and more. And that's why Palo Alto is going through the roof, beating on earnings, beat on earn, uh, beat on earnings per share, beat on revenue, raise guidance. That second part's really important because companies have been beating earnings, and that's been expected because they're reporting you know, last quarter earnings. But when they say the guidance is, is lower, that's what's really killing companies. Like Shopify didn't have bad earnings, but they, they their guidance outlook was was bleak and it tanked the stock. Same with PayPal. Well, they're, they had gross merchants drop like crazy, but anytime a company, if they do good earnings, but if they say they have bad guidance, it's it's been killing them, especially in the current environment. So when they said both, it popped the stock. And I was actually, like I said at the beginning of this episode, like I, I couldn't believe that it had dipped so low this morning because I was telling friends, I was like, dude, it just reported crazy earnings and said that they should make even more money this year. They said like, hey, cybersecurity is here to stay. This Russia shit's going to really make it crazier. Like they've advanced, they've spent the last like four or five years investing in companies and they kind of stopped doing that last year. And so like basically being like, hey, we've made all of our purchases. We made all of our acquisitions. Now we're going to roll and we're going to start cooking with gas right and they've been doing that and they're going to keep doing that and reading that book made me buy more palo alto network stock at the time and i did and now i want more it's a little high you know i'm still i'm not buying anything at the moment i'm still in like a cash build phase we're gonna see how this russia stuff plays out but i do think overall it's gonna be a big buying opportunity um so i uh 
Let's see. I think that's like honestly all the notes I have for today. I got to go through. Let's see if there's anything else. I just want to do a quick run through before I get out of here because people keep, uh, you know, always ask like what I'm looking at. Again, reiterate Spotify. Keep an eye on it as it keeps dipping. I had a friend who doesn't have Google stock. Like Google, I'm surprised is at its level. It went up a hundred bucks today to 2,600, but around those levels, 2,500, like crazy good deal. I feel for like, especially because they just reported like a record earnings, like a record breaking earnings. They're doing a 20 to one split in July. Get in on some of that while you can in this opportunity while things are taking a hit. Airbnb is not a bad buy right now. Shopify is a great buy at the moment. If it go, I mean, it seems to have a hard floor around six hundred five high fives, which is perfect because that's where I made my initial purchase of Shopify. So it sucks because I've made lost the gains that it was up, you know, almost two thousand dollars a share. But it's crazy to me now that I could buy potentially, you know, if it when in the 500s you could buy three four shares for a couple thousand dollars that's crazy you can only get even you know only one a few months ago tesla keep an eye on as it goes again i'm pretty heavy on tesla i don't want to add more at the moment apple always looking good 162 i like sub 200 i think going forward is nice nvidia excuse me nvidia looking decent especially like we'll see how these like sanctions on chips and this all this tech stuff not going to russia plays out looks like it's gonna help i don't think this like the pop today had anything to do with the sanctions coming down on russia it had everything to do with like big money seeing some of these prices and being like yo we got to pick some of this stuff up like squares 80 bucks like what are we doing here let's let's get some money let's get some stuff going so i think that's more what's going on it wasn't anything related to like the news or the president getting on there none of that it was all related to hedge funds being like yo man this is looking a little tasty my two cents so uh, again, I'm in a a, a a pause for the moment. And honestly, on that note, I don't mean to cut this a little short. I think the last couple of episodes have been a little shorter than I mean them to be. I've just been slammed with some travel stuff, work stuff. Um, yeah, so I've just and I was sick <laughs> what, last week or two weeks ago that I was going to die by myself at home. So that was rough. So my apologies. I'll get these because um, I like doing them like 45 to an hour, you know, a good a good cardio sesh. You know, that's what we're going for. And so, uh, you know, I apologize for it to be a little short, but I have to um, finish packing. I got to be up in like five hours for a flight. And it's, of course, snowing. I think it stopped, but it's been snowing like crazy when I just went to go pick up dinner earlier. So, like, ugh, whatever. Say a prayer that everything goes well tomorrow with flights because who knows um, with the weather and stuff, with delays. So, knock on wood. That's it for me. Um you know, if you want more, sorry, it's short. If you, want any, if you have any more uh, comments, concerns, hit them DMs, yo. But uh, I'll be in California this weekend, and then uh, we'll we'll get some nice, uh, some tasty episodes going next week. Maybe we'll do a bonus one or something to make up for it. But all right, whatever. I'm getting out of here. Got to catch a flight. All right, have a good week. Be safe.